0: Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're leaning into a conversation with Joe Champion regarding his new book, Confronting Compromise. Joe is a globally recognized speaker, leader, and author who is also the pastor of Celebration Church in Austin, Texas, alongside his wife, Lori Champion. Joe also serves on the boards of One Hope and Oral Roberts University and is part of the lead team of ARC, Association of Related Churches. Lean in as Joe talks about standing for truth no matter what. Let's get started. Pastor Joe, it is so good to have you here on the Avail Live Call webinar. How are you doing? My My brother, brother Virgil. Virgil.
1: You know, it is an honor to be with you and I just want to say how much I enjoy listening to you. You're, you're smooth jazz, you got smooth Espanol, you got this smooth voice, you got this look. I don't know about the people that are watching, but I can just, just keep going, man. Why don't you just turn this thing into a, a jazz radio station? I got, the, I got the music going. Hey, we're learning from the best. We're learning from Dr. Sam Chan. Oh, yeah. Board. Dr. yeah. He's Dr. cool. Yeah. <laughs> Sam is cool. We all have to admit that's what Avail is all about. We love this. Hey, Pastor
0: Joe, here at Avail, our heart is to, to place practical, relevant leadership resources in the hands of pastors, leaders, ministry leaders, marketplace leaders. And so I'm so pumped about your new book, uh, Confronting Compromise. We're going to get into that. So before we jump dive into that, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? So, so those who are meeting here, here on this a webinar can just understand a little bit of who you are.
1: Yeah, I was born into a, a football family. My dad was a professional football coach uh, in the NFL. The NFL stands for not for long, and that meant we were not for long in any city. We moved all over the country. Actually, he was also two times in the Canadian Football League. I was born in Vancouver when he was the head coach with the BC Lions. Wasn't raised in a church home, wonderful home, wonderful people, actually, people of principle and values, but we were not raised in church we were not raised in a christian view if you will a predominantly christian view of the world they were not antichrist in fact they would probably confess that they were christians my mom was catholic my dad was baptist that meant there was a fight and so we never went anywhere i was actually born to bartend my dad told me i was on this planet to be his bartender and to cut grass at 5 years old when your dad tells you you're supposed to be his bartender i mean it does shape you a little bit so my dad, mom, wonderful people, wouldn't trade it for the world, but did not have any kind of understanding of the gospel, never heard the gospel, uh, was born in Canada, like I said, moved to St. Louis, back to Canada, New Orleans, St. Louis, then New York with the Jets, Atlanta with the Falcons, and it was in Atlanta I heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. Two players witnessed to me after a football practice in 1978, I was 14 years old. Greg berzian and Ralph Ortega told me about what Jesus did for me on the cross, and paid for my sins, and that I could have eternal life, and I got on my knees that day, and I said, you know, when two NFL players tell you are going to hell without Christ, you get on your knees, and so I prayed, asked the Lord to be uh, in my heart, in my dorm room at Furman University training camp, 1978 with the Falcons, and I really do believe I was saved from that moment on, I really do believe that my name was written in the Land's Book of Life, but I didn't have a church, I didn't have leadership, I didn't have mentors, I didn't have a small group. Everything that we talk about in Avail, as you know, it's about helping people practically in, in developing as leaders and becoming all that God has called them to become. So then my dad, we leave Atlanta went with the Packers. Then I started going with a next-door neighbor. We moved to a small town outside of Natchez, Mississippi, in uh, Faraday, Louisiana, right across the river, and began to attend church, First Baptist Church of Natchez, Mississippi, and the pastor there was a wonderful man. And just very opposite of me, but wonderful, sweet. That's why he was opposite. He was wonderful and sweet and meek and humble. And I just remember when he would speak, it was like God speaking directly to me. And I would hear him. And as I did, I would think, I I think I'm supposed to go into the ministry. And in fact, I went to meet with him one day. And you got to understand that my family's we party. We we live hard. Uh, We don't live godly. Um, They're not wicked people. They just Sunday mornings, we were either in football stadiums or recovering from a bad night. From a bar, and and I went to go meet with him, and he knew my family. And I said, I feel like I'm called to the ministry. And Pastor O'Dean Puckett said, Well, Joe, we we need to talk about some compromise in your life, honestly. And uh, so anyway, he was encouraging, but I was still having one foot in the world, one foot in in the kingdom. I I had a, I had a lot of compromise. And then I went to LSU. I'm playing football at LSU. And then January the 10th, 1987. The Lord spoke to me and he said, today will be the greatest day of your life. You will never be the same after this day. This was January of 87. So I'm, I'm wondering, Lord, when he said that to me, I was on a deer stand. And I literally thought I was going to kill the world's largest deer that day and travel all over the country, you know, and become famous. And, but here's what happened. My dad died four hours later of a massive heart attack. And the, I can truly say the day my dad died, the worst day of my life naturally was the best day of my life spiritually. The worst day of my physical life, if you will, my earthly life, the greatest day of my life was because I heard the voice of God whisper to me, today you will never be the same, and after today, your life is going to be used. It's going to be great. And how many times do we hear God say today will be a great day or that you get a word from the Lord and you think everything's going to just be wonderful and you just don't know the curveballs that God is going to allow to come at your way. So dad died that day, but that day I gave my life, not just to the Lord again, but I gave my life to the purposes of the Lord. And so, Virgil, I always like to say there's two days, and we've heard it said, you know, the day, the day that you're born into the kingdom of God, but then there's a day that when you're not just born into the kingdom of God, you're born for the purposes of the kingdom. In other words, it's, it's now about bringing the kingdom to people. It's about bringing the kingdom to the world. The first birth is about me getting into the kingdom. Now it's about getting other people into the kingdom. Went back to my senior year at LSU and God began to move in a revival, literally, on the football team. And and then I knew I was called to ministry full time. I went to New Orleans to go to seminary. But the idea of going to seminary in New Orleans was to be a chaplain in the military and got there and realized the military was not the route that I was supposed to go into. Pastoral ministry was. And then my wife and I, we get married in uh, July of 1990. Her family's all ministry. Everyone's a pastor and of course I'm in from the heathen side of the tracks you know and so we were a good blend good mix and so Laurie and I got married in July of 90 and then we were youth pastors and co-pastors our first 4 years and then senior pastored my first church from 93 to 98 in Napoleonville Louisiana our home of swamp people if anybody's ever watched swamp people on on one of the cable stations I lived there, there literally in the swamps of Louisiana And uh, then from 98 to 2000, we were in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, traveling full-time, speaking and traveling and just waiting really on the next season and the next word that God had for us. And then the Lord spoke to us in March of 2000, it is Austin, and moved to Austin four months later, started Celebration Church. And then around that time, we were with our buddies that we all came out of Baton Rouge at the same time. That's when ARC, the Association of Related Churches, we formed ARC with Chris Hodges and Dino Rizzo and Rick Bazette and all the guys. But we had started a little ahead of Chris and Rick, the first two churches of ARC. And we were kind of doing it the old fashioned way. And uh two hour, two and a half hour services in a in a hotel didn't work very well. And then the ARC playbook became uh a reality. And then of course from the very beginning we we joined ARC and became a part of that and been a part of the lead team for now twenty-one years. And And then Celebration Church is now 21 years old, October the 1st of 2000. was when we started, now 2021. And uh, a lot of mutual friends, you know, you and I have in ministry, the guys like Robert Berger and Lima, Peru, and just so many others. Uh, We've been doing what we've been doing in Austin now, and got multi-site campuses here in Austin, and then around the world in Italy and and Africa.
0: That's so cool. You know, Pastor Joe, I think one of the things that I'm looking forward to and hearing uh, is just your heart. I think... Um, pastoring how you've been and hearing your story. I mean, what a, what a great story and, and, and the inevitable call of God upon your life and your family. Um, it's so exciting to hear about that. Why don't we dig into this book? So your book, this, yeah, I'm imagining you, you're feeling like, man, like a new child has been born, right? This new project has come out, right? What inspired you to write Confronting Compromise, right? The, the title is Confronting Compromise. The subtitle is Stand for Truth No Matter What. Now, leaders, I want I want you guys to kind of open up your hearts, open up your ears to listen here. Come on, if you're in the chat, uh, just type in, we're ready. Let's let Pastor Joe know we're ready right now. Pastor Joe, what inspired and what's the heart behind Confronting
1: Compromise? Well, the first thing, it's not a political book, you know, especially in our world today. Everybody's confronting something and uh, confronting their leaders or confronting COVID or confronting this or that. It's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a book on politics. It's just a book on what I do believe is the heart of God. And the heart of God has always been, even from the very beginning, go to the book of Genesis. Compromise entered into the garden. God made man perfect, made world perfect, made, made the garden of Eden, put man in there. Everything is very good. And then we know now the serpent. Now the Bible says the compromiser, Satan himself, comes in. And what does he do? He compromises, He compromises what God said. And we know that he enters in through that question, did God really say what he said? Or does He, God really mean you can't eat from this tree? And we know from that point of entering in that garden with a spirit of compromise, the world fell. And not just the world, but you and I fell. We all fell. We all sinned. Our first parents, Adam and Eve, uh, from that point on, compromise entered into the world. And then we know that God began to have a plan to redeem the world, and of course, man would compromise the commandments God gave the commandments but it never was good enough and then then ultimately we know that the ultimate price had to be paid through God himself by sending his son Christ God in the flesh who would not compromise and we know that Jesus when he entered into this world born of a virgin there there it is he had nothing of compromise in him he had nothing of of the natural nothing of the world nothing of sin being born of a virgin but he was also man born of you know in in flesh but also uh, carrying, carrying humanity, but also carrying holiness. And He confronted, when He went all the way to the cross, He confronted the compromise that was in my life, your life. It's called sin. The Bible says we've all sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. And so when you just look at the Scripture, number one, I think it's just the idea of what the Scriptures say about a life that, in the New Testament, obviously, means to follow Him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your body. Now it doesn't mean perfection it doesn't mean that we're we're not going to have our problems and we're not going to have our issues i i compromised right before this video virgil i ate a donut i ate two donuts as a matter of fact i've been good all day on my diet and then i smelled a new donut just in fact one of our staff members have one i compromise all right so we we all have our days but guess what we got to get back up i'm gonna get on that bike in the morning i don't want to live with compromise i don't want to live in that state so god comes down he goes to the cross But then he gives us the New Testament scriptures. And when you just look at the New Testament scriptures, not just in what Christ did and how he began to assemble his team, but Paul, the Pauline letters primarily, two thirds of the New Testament was written by Paul. Paul was instructing people how to become fully devoted followers of Christ, how to grow in the image and likeness of Christ. And much of those conversations, scripturally, were letters of making sure that we're not allowing the leaven and the sin. To take over our lives we've been delivered from sin so therefore why would god want you to go back into sin or he delivered us from compromise why does he want us to go back into compromise um, so i would say number one biblically uh number two the the story of my life coming from an nfl family and coming from a family of military men as well my brothers are both career one's a general one's a career colonel uh, high level just incredible men incredible leaders so I came out of that world, and I also just, I just realized that uh, I was never to live normal life. My parents were, in the same way, even though they had compromise, even though they had their struggles. But I will tell you, when it came to hard work and ethics and treating people right and doing a good job and, and you know, and and working hard and being good to people, I, I never saw my parents compromise. I never saw my dad lie. To be honest with you, I never saw him. Per- in fact, I will say it like this: as Christians. Uh, we're really good sometimes at putting on the on the look. My parents they said, "Hey, we're not pretending to be Christians because we don't we don't pretend, we don't play, we don't compromise." Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say that. Secondly, that's my story, my background, and then thirdly, I would say the real reason is what we're seeing in our world today, and not just in our world, but in the church. God doesn't like mixture. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't want the He doesn't want the world and the church. To, of course, uh, we, we got this collision and, and the, the body of Christ is God's body. It's God's heart. It's God's mind and will. And then there's this constant battle that we're facing, and especially in our world today, where the rules and the truths are being changed. Uh, mm. You know, is Jesus the only way? You know, we believe he is a way. We believe he's your way, maybe. But is he the only way? So we're seeing in socially, we're seeing a lot of self-identification, uh, self- uh if you will determination of what scriptures say and, and god as i see him god as i feel him to be and so we got to confront that we got to help people realize the last book in the book of, in the new testament was the book of jude and jude was dealing with that, that that last day if you will where right before uh the coming of the lord he goes guys in the last days people are going to allow compromise to creep in unnoticed And he goes over and over in that one chapter book of the book of Jude of making sure that you don't allow compromise to enter in. So we're just, we're bombarded with compromise. And people are battling compromise in their marriage, compromise in their eyes uh, when it comes to lust and all sorts of things. And and God did not come to make us religious, but he did come to make us conform to do his image and his likeness. And it's not a religious book. It's not a political book, but it's a book that says, let's go all the way with God and let's mean business.
0: Yeah, I like I like what you're saying, Pastor Joe, because I think, I think that sometimes compromise creeps in.
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, that's how it happens.
0: No matter what position, no matter what role, no matter how long you've been doing it, compromise creeps in. Go, go you know, I'm hearing you speak a little bit on that, and and tell me, Pastor Joe, why do you think? that leaders especially need to pay attention to this? What, what would you say a little bit to speak to that? Leaders, pastors, ministry leaders, people that sure. have...
1: Because we're all tired. We're all tired of what we're dealing with in COVID the last two years as leaders. Uh, we're all fighting battles. It doesn't matter what you say in today's world or in today's situation. You say one thing, you're going to make half the church mad about something, the other church will be happy, and then the next week... so. From a leadership standpoint, hmm. I feel like we are like we're like the situation in Gideon. Gideon had his three hundred men. Now, here's an incredible little scripture in Judges, and I cover this. Judges chapter eight and verse four. It says that Gideon, along with his three hundred men, were crossing the Jordan, fatigued and tired, yet they kept pursuing. Hmm. They kept going. Now leaders i tell them all the time i tell my leaders mm-hmm. you have to do god tired <laughs> you have to do ministry tired it says that they were fatigued they were tired these are 300 these were these were the special forces You know, Gideon's 300 were not part of the 33,000. These were the choice selected few. And the Bible says they were tired. They were fatigued. They were weary. They were dizzy. The Bible means literally, it says they were lighthearted. Now, here they are pursuing the enemy, pursuing the purpose of God, and they were tired doing it. But it says, but they kept pursuing. And I think we can't give up. We can't quit. We can't give up on what God spoke to us when he told you, Virgil, to, be, you know, to, to take this church when he told us to move to Austin. You know, Austin is a very, very liberal city. Mm. And uh, with that liberal or anti, at times, anti-Christ, anti-church spirit in this city, very unchurched world, we've had some issues that we've had to go through the last couple of years just from, from a liberal bent and from an anti-Bible bent, and we just got to keep going. We just can't. And so i said from a leadership standpoint, we get tired uh, and we allow, when we get tired now, we all agree, when we get tired, we do stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. I just ate that donut. I'm tired. Okay. I just ate two donuts. But for some guys, it's not a donut. It could be porno. It could be it could be alcohol, drugs. It could be anything that, of course, we know that comes to steal, kill, rob, and destroy. Mm-hmm. I, I would say the other, second thing for leaders is in compromise, we are trying to build a bigger audience. We're trying to, if we're not careful, we're more worried about what the people say than what God says. Mm-hmm and i would i really advise pastors don't forget that when the church began on the day of pentecost it was peter in the pulpit it was the word of god it wasn't peter on a platform it was peter behind the pulpit Yeah. so think about this so the pulpit was the first place that god used to build the church not a platform hmm. so a platform is where people want to be good communicators they want to be funny. They want great illustrations, and I get it. I want to be funny. I want to have good illustrations. I want to be. I want to be a good speech maker, good you know communicator. But that's that's more about the audience rather than the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I think we've allowed compromise to come in to our gospel and into our churches, where we're we're more worried about getting the audience and keeping the audience and building an audience rather than the gospel being true and being accurate so that we're more concerned about what god has to say because if god's there the people will be there yeah uh so all that to be said i think in those two areas number 1 uh the fatigue issue for pastors and leaders and then secondly the the desire to uh to build unhealthy
0: yeah that's good um what a great conversation hey everybody if you just kind of um, connected in the last few minutes here on the live Zoom webinar, or if you're on the live Facebook feed right now, we are with Pastor Joe Champ, and we're talking specifically about the Avail Book of the Month, which is Confronting Compromise, Stand for truth no matter what. We are with the man, the one, the only, Pastor Joe champion. All right, Pastor Joe, so let's keep this conversation going. Yep. For everybody in the chat, everybody in the chat, I want you guys just to type in, To stay with me, type in confronting compromise. I think it helps when we're typing it, when we're lit, we're walking it, we're talking it. Pastor Joe, what would you say to someone who's maybe confident in their ability to make difficult decisions in the moment without truly discerning what their values or morals are? Or limits are beforehand. What, what would you say to somebody who's feeling that kind of
1: conflict? Well, it's a crapshoot. I mean, when you when you go out on your own, or when you begin to venture without the foundation of God's word being inside of you, hiding the word of God in your heart, mm-hmm. so that you would not sin or compromise. Uh, I think that there's no question. There are people that are truthful. There are people that can be positive there's people that have great attitudes and they're they're not even christians or they don't even know they don't even know the bible but there are listen. there's ways that satan works and and so we know that he's the enemy of every one of us and when jesus went from the water of baptism he was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the enemy by the enemy and we know how he combated Every attack of Satan in that moment, it is written, it is written, it is written, it is written. And so we've got to be able to say as Christ followers that we know what the Word says. Jesus, that meant he studied the Word of God. And quoting the Old Testament in the New Testament. In other words, he was the New Testament, but he was also quoting the Old Testament. There's a lot of people that are saying today that the Old Testament is not relevant. Well, I disagree with that. Everything that Paul said, every word in the New Testament. I believe has a foundation in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. I always say that the Old Testament is like the tee on a golf ball. It's it's an easier ball to hit when you put it on the tee. The Old Testament is your tee. The New Testament is the ball, right? So I would say for leaders but in general for all people that though the in the beginning was the word mm. and nothing came into being except by the word. I don't want my life To not be by except the word of God. So when we planted Celebration Church, Virgil, it was literally out of a word. I was preaching in March of 2000. And all of a sudden, I'm getting ready to walk up on the platform. And I would describe probably the first most dramatic day of my life was I heard these words, It is Austin. And I (laughs) thought, wow, where did that come from? Never been to Austin. Never thought about Austin. Didn't know a single person from Austin. And didn't even know where Austin was on the map, which is not hard for an LSU, uh, 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 you know, educated person. But I, uh, I got off the platform. I went into my car I got on my phone to call my wife. I said, Lori, I think it's Austin, Texas. I think we're moving to Austin to plant a church. And we had no thoughts about this. Mm. And she said, Joe, the same thing happened to me. It is Austin. Now, there's been days when I thought, well, maybe he said Boston. Or maybe he just said it was awesome, right? So, but Lori and I both had a word. We both knew enough of God and we knew how God works. He doesn't do anything. Let everything by the mouth of two or three be established. And so this word comes alive. So sometimes the Bible pages jump out at you. That's your word. Sometimes God will speak to your spirit. Mm -hmm. Like we know how he leads people. We know that Paul had words from the Lord, you know, go into by vision, Mesopotamia, or whatever. And so this word comes by Austin. So when i tell people when they talk about why celebration has done what it's done in 21 years it comes back to the word we didn't lean on our own understanding but we acknowledged him in all of our ways and i would say the reason why our country's in the battle that it's in is because we've become less biblical and whenever a country becomes less biblical it's going to become more governmental it's going to become more socialistic it's going to become more communistic it doesn't rely on the way god has always built the people to live in that is with freedom. So I would say, uh, what is your foundation? Where, where's your word to describe how God is leading you?
0: Yeah, that's good, that's good. Uh, we are talking everybody about Pastor Joe's new book, Confronting Compromise. And in the book, Pastor Joe, you, you delve in, you give a lot of examples and great illustrations that just help you kind of capture uh, um, the heart of what, what the Lord put in your heart to share with everybody, with the readers. Um, in one of the chapters you compare two ways that people commonly think problem consciously and purpose consciously yeah explain these different ways yeah
1: so there's two ways that you're going to live your life you're going to either live with the understanding that you've been been given a purpose and that you're on this planet you're still alive you're still here you're in your right mind or some people are not but the reality is you're on this planet for a purpose And that when the church began, again, God filled the church with His Spirit. So when He starts the church by the infilling of the Holy Spirit, He removes the vacuum. See, until the power of the Holy Spirit fell upon them in the book of Acts, there in chapter 2, they had a problem. All they knew was the Lord said, go and wait until I send to you the Holy Spirit. And so for 10 days. Now we know 10 in the Bible is always a testing number, right? So 10 is the test. And here they are for 10 days in this upper room waiting, wondering, and I'm sure they had a problem, like, what in the world are we doing? And then all of a sudden, here comes the power of the Holy Spirit falls upon them. Now these people are propelled out of that upper room, and the Bible tells us, as we know, 3,000 people on the first day. The church was a megachurch the first day it opened. Hmm. Then it goes to 5,000, we know, within a relatively short amount of time. Within a couple of years, it's fifty to 100, 150,000 people, literally in months. And it was because those people were filled with a purpose. So when Job, in the book I covered, the example of Job, Job had a problem. We all know about the story of Job. And Job's world collapses. And, and, of course, his family collapses. His marriage is collapsing. His breath is collapsing. Even his wife said, you have horrible halitosis, right? But then he says this statement in Job 17. He goes, I'm not going to give myself to these problems. I'm going to hold the righteous, hold to his way, and his hands stay clean, and his pathway gets brighter and brighter, or his life gets stronger and stronger. And what he does is he makes sure that his life doesn't just become one problem after another, one woe is me after another. And then we know at the end of Job, the Bible says in James, consider the end of Job. Don't be a student of the beginning of Job. We all know how bad that was. The Bible says, study the end of Job. What is the end of Job? Well, he was blessed beyond anyone on the planet, two ice as much, two most beautiful girls in all the world. But here's how it all shifted. It says, when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord turned his captivity. And you can say in a moment right there, he decided, I'm not going to live with a problem consciousness, because we all have problems. Mm. Uh, We all have difficulties. The Bible says it. But I'm not going to allow the problems to consume me. God, what is your purpose? What's your plan? And maybe, maybe the Lord is going to use this trauma. Maybe the Lord's going to use these three friends who were really not Job's friends. They were, they were frankly the worst kind of buddies you could ever have. And, and of course, you got all this conversation: curse God and die. But he just stayed, and he comes to the end of that book standing on his purpose—that God's going to do something great, and he's going to use my life and use my story. And I think that's. Really, what it all comes down to is, are you going to always be focused on your problems? Or are you going to be focused on the purpose that God has for you? My dad died. I didn't focus on the problem, but my dad's death. I focused on the purpose. And the first funeral I ever went to was my dad's funeral. And some people get all upset, even by that testimony alone. They're mad that, well, their dad died, and it was horrible. And, and rank, rightfully so. It's a horrible situation. It was sad. But the purpose of God is far deeper than the pain that we have. And that's what drives me to this day.
0: I think that's great, uh, Pastor Joe. I, I, I want to take advantage. I see. I think people are leaning in right now. Yeah, they are. Uh, 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 Andre, Reverend Andre says we need more God and his word. This is good. I see Lewis saying, "Come on, the word and spirit and the compassion to make a difference and save the lost." Um, I think it's a good moment for some some jazz. Let's get in, get back. All right, the conversation is flowing. We are here, Pastor Joe. The people are leaning in. Hey, I want to take advantage of this opportunity before I ask Joe, Pastor Joe another question. If you have a question that you want to add to the to this conversation, use the Q and A tab on the bottom of the Zoom. If you're on Facebook, my team will help me find any questions that might come up there, but Pastor Joe, we're going to open it up. If anybody has a question as well, uh, this is a great opportunity to hear from Pastor Joe. Um, And then after the next maybe question or two, I'm going to talk to you about how you can get this book and we're going to keep this conversation going. So Pastor Joe, there's something else that caught our attention a little bit. You use an analogy of sowing and reaping uh, in, in, I guess, in connection with this. Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So part of the story of No Compromise is that even when we're in a land of famine, so I go to Genesis chapter 26, and that's where the Bible says that there was a famine in the land, and the Lord spoke to, he spoke to Isaac, and he said, don't you go to Egypt, because Egypt was in his mind. So what Isaac was thinking is, okay, my, my finances are drying up. That means I need to move. That means I need to get a better job or a bigger job or whatever. I got to go to another city. Well, he started thinking about Egypt and the Lord said, don't you go. You better stay in the land. And the Bible says that Isaac stayed in that land, the land that Lord told him to stay in. And the Bible says he sowed, and in that land, that same year, he reaped a hundredfold. Mm. And so he didn't compromise. Um, And I'm not saying that uh, God doesn't move people, because He does move people. He moved me to Austin, and this land has been a hundredfold return, no question. But I would also have stayed in that land of Baton Rouge if the Lord wanted me to stay in Baton Rouge. But he sowed where God wanted him to sow, and he kept believing. In other words, that sowing that seed is trusting the Lord, and it is also saying, God, what is obviously in my hand can't be blessed. i got to get it into your hands. And he was willing to sow it. He was willing to let it go. So when Lori and I moved to this city and planted Celebration Church, we came with everything we had, and every every dollar that we had at the beginning was from our own bank account. So we were, we were not compromising. We were not holding back. And so that, that chapter 7 there is just about making sure that you're, you're, not, you're not holding on to that which God says, I, I, can't, I can't give you all that I have until you give me all that you have. And remember the rich young ruler, same thought. He came to Jesus. He goes, man, I'm really good. I've kept six out of the Ten Commandments. Well, the reality is if I found a leader in my church keeping six out of the, if he even knew six out of the Ten Commandments, I'll make you an elder virgil well guess what jesus looks at him and goes uh that's awesome that's great but um there's still a problem you got you got a bigger problem you need to go and you need to sell everything that you have because that is really where your trust is your trust is in your money it's in your seed it's in your power to have wealth and so anyway as we know the bible says he turned away and walked away sad i just think see when i talk about this book these are some of the things that we're talking about because I think if we're not careful, again, in the building of the kingdom of God, we're, we're very much, uh, we're, we're so worried about offending people, and we're so worried about people getting upset at God or even upset at us. And Jesus, the Bible said what he said to the man. The Bible says he turned away and he walked away mad. He walked away upset. Mm. And the Lord didn't say, oh, okay, let's compromise. You made six out of ten. Hey, just give me one more. Let's do seven out of ten, and we'll call it. God doesn't do that. He doesn't negotiate with people. It's all or nothing or nothing at all. And so, again, that's a heart issue. That doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to stop drinking. That doesn't, that doesn't mean all of a sudden you're never going to do this. You're never going to, it just means that God knows your heart. If you're truly willing to say, Lord, put the sword of your word to everything in my life, because I want everything to count for you. Ooh, come on. Drop the mic, Pastor
0: Joe. Hey, if you're enjoying this conversation, let me know in the chat. Give me a thumbs up. Give me a high five or a high ten. Give me a cool glasses emoji. I don't know. Give me something. I'm pumped right now, Pastor Joe, because I first of all, I want to know how to get this book. We're going to tell everybody how to get this book. I have some more questions here, and I think some questions are coming in uh, from some of the listeners' viewers. But here's what I want to do, Pastor Joe. I'm going to ask my team, my amazing Avail team. Give it up for the Avail team. Woo! Avail team is doing an awesome job. My Avail team's going to help us put a link in the chat, okay? Because so what we want is we want all of you leaders out there, we want all of you to be able to access this new book. We want you to be the first ones to get this book hot off the press. Check out this link. Here, here's the offer we're doing from Avail. This is a special thing that we do, obviously, when we have a new book, the book of the month. The deal is, if you are not currently subscribed to the Avail Journal and part, kind of part of the Avail, you can get this book for free. Um, I know Pastor Joe, you can see the books right there in the background. I didn't get mine yet because it's taken a little bit long to mail it in here. He's mm-hmm. got the book is awesome. It's a hardcover, solid, mm-hmm. quality book. Yep. Here's what you're going to get. You can get the book for free. Plus a six month subscription to the avail journal journal for free those six first six months on us plus the book is free if you're already on avail if you're already on avail you can you're going to get it at a discounted price here's the link if my avail team can help me out put those links That link in the chat, make sure it's going to everybody. There it is. The team is right on cue. Claim your free copy of Confronting Compromise with your six months uh, subscription to the Avail Journal. Uh, By the way, when it goes to that little page to do it, you know, it says quantity. Most people are going to want one. Just make sure you keep that there. Send it in. You can get this book for free, plus six months of Avail Journal for free. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Look, Pastor Joe was on one of the covers. Woo! also we want to make sure that if you want to equip your friends and your family members this is a great resource to uh share with them but i want to mention this pastor joe we're going to get to another couple of questions because, because there's some more things i want to ask you about here but i want everybody to know that the book is a no-brainer but the the, the most the biggest no-brainer honestly is upgrading to the master class bundle so when you click on that link you're going to see the opportunity to kind of get the book for free or get it at this kind of price i personally recommend to upgrading to the masterclass bundle. What does it include? The masterclass bundle is going to include the hardcover book, Confronting Compromise, a companion study guide that goes along with the book. You take notes in, you kind of write, what's the Lord speaking to you? How is the, the book challenging you? In addition to a 10 video masterclass series by Pastor Joe. I want to hear more about that. I've already been able to watch most of those and I just... Even the videos are such a blessing in in complementing the study from this book. And you'll also have access to the Q&A session and access to this, which will be recorded and available to you as well. So this is a no-brainer, everybody. This is a no-brainer. The cool thing about this link is you can copy it and you can share it with other pastors, other ministry leaders, other friends, other people that you think will be blessed by this book or by this offer. The link is in the chat. We'll keep it there. We'll put it on a few more times Pastor Joe, I'm, I'm really loving this conversation because I, I think, honestly, even though we gear our conversation to leaders, I think this book is going to help anybody. Here's something that, that caught my attention and I want to ask you about. Um, and, then, and then we have a few uh, questions in from the from the audience. One question I have, Pastor Joe, can you share about a time that you've just seen consequences to compromise? In other words, um, when men or women yeah. have... have given in to compromise, and seen the adverse effects, the consequences to that, whether it's, I don't know, personal, whether things you've seen. Sure,
1: sure. Well, of course, we all have our stories. There's one that just comes to me as we're talking. A friend of mine who I've known and love and respect and great, great buddy and great brother. He told me he was uh, one night unable to sleep, and he just got up about that two in the morning time and went went to his computer, and he's just kind of surfing, did some business, and then he went to he went to surfing, he was looking at this and looking at that, and then he said, this little image pops up, and there was an image of a pretty girl, and, and the next thing you know, he pops into this other image, and then he pops into this image, and, and he says, before I know it, I'm in a dark, he says, I'm in, I'm in some dark things, mm-hmm. and he goes, I'm compromising, and he goes, I've never done this before, and I know the guy, and it's true, it's not him, if, and so he said, and at that time, at 2.30 in the morning, he goes, I'm in the darkest most compromising place of my life, I feel a hand on my shoulder, and it's my wife. She goes, he says, she never wakes up, Mm. and at 2.30 in the morning, she just looks at that computer and looks at me, and of course, it cost him some some time, it cost him some tears, it cost him, it was a massive major situation, because all of a sudden he's like honey i'm telling you i don't do this this is not something that i've been given myself to i just found myself here and and of course it it set them back all right so we're, we're seeing even in our covid world uh, the, the the conversation of compromise like where did this all of that come from right and I, it doesn't matter what we all know is that something was compromised so now people are divided We've got a nation divided we've got churches divided we've got friends divided over over where it came from or over a mask or over a shot or whatever that is so this is what happens with something that enters in it begins to divide it begins to fray it begins to uh divide in in relationships and and of course we're seeing this in church and and we know that even in the book of Corinthians where Paul writes he goes guys there's a compromising situation that has entered into the church and he said you are not dealing with it and he said I'm already in my mind dealing with it. I've already dealt with it I'm going to come and I'm going to deal with it and he said put the compromise out he says then a little leaven leavens the whole lump and so then Paul has to put he puts the compromise out it was in first Corinthians chapter five and interestingly that they were the most spiritual church on the planet. They were the most spirit-filled church on the planet, but they were also the biggest compromisers on the planet. And so then he has to deal with that situation as we know, and then and then interestingly he has to tell the church, "Now you guys, now you guys have gone the other way around. Let the brother back in. He's repented. Now they don't want him back in." <laughs> so they were compromising on sin on one side, and then in 2 Corinthians, they're compromising on grace on the other side. So You know, this book is going to actually speak to people at every situation. We had a small group of ladies today start their confronting compromise small group with, as you were saying, the compliment book. And I said, from one of the lady leaders, I said, what did you hear today? She goes, well, we had people say that they've been compromising in their parenting. They've just allowed their kids to just run over them and run over the family and run over rules and no accountability. And there was a... Another woman who had just moved here from California and she's retired and been blessed to the Lord, but she she was looking at the compromising material this morning in their small group and says, you know what, there's more for me to do. I've been I've been compromising on my mission and on my purpose. And she starts breaking down and crying. Now, I want to add a word, Virgil. Uh, and that is, it's, it's confronting compromise, standing for truth no matter what. But I want to say it's, it's without being critical. Mm. It's without being critical it's without being judgy it's without being mean i don't want anybody to get this book and then just think okay run down to your local city hall or run down to your local pastor and just say he's been compromising and i'm here to confront it uh that we're not we're not called to we're not called to be critical and i always say to people be solution oriented before question oriented in other words you don't want to be a fault finder you want to help make up the difference how do we how do we heal how do we bring deliverance how do we bring help so i i I want to say that because i I think some people i know for me i lean towards that angle of hey let's go let's take this country let's take this world for jesus i'm not a shy person but i also know i've had to learn how to be like jesus gentle and meek yeah that's
0: good that's good what a good word pastor I, i love this Um, A question came in from from, uh, one of our attendees here to the webinar, Uh, and the question is uh, from Andre,
1: how can this book be used to help a youth and teach them about plan and purpose? Perfect. Well, one of the stories, it's one of my favorite Bible stories, is in the book of Acts chapter 20. It's a young youth. It's probably a 13-year-old boy named Eutychus. And the Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 20, verses 7 through 12, he is sitting in this church but the Bible says he's sitting in the windowsill, and Eutychus, sitting in the windowsill, was listening to Paul the Apostle preach. The Bible says you got the greatest preacher on the planet. You've got a New Testament church being led by Paul the Apostle. The Bible says it's filled with people, but he is sitting on the windowsill, and he was sitting in a seat of compromise because he had one foot in the world, one foot in the church. He had one eye, He's probably waving at his friends through the window. Hey, I'll be out in just a minute. As soon as this guy's done preaching. And then he had, he had one, world, one eye on, on Paul the Apostle. And the Bible says he begins to sink in a deep sleep. And then he falls asleep, and then he falls out the window, and he dies. So I love to take that story of Eutychus. The Bible says his name means fortunate or blessed. So when I talk about youth... I think about how many of our youth were raised in a blessed environment, raised in a godly environment, or raised in a church that had great youth ministry and great youth pastors. And and I would say that we've got to be careful of just because our kids or just because we're in church doesn't mean we can't fall asleep. And we've got to make sure that we are living on, on that life that says, God, I'm here not to just hear the word of God, but, but to be a doer of the word. Um, I would say, as it relates to youth, that having sons, my three boys were all raised in the public school. We weren't raised in a Christian, uh, we didn't do homeschool, which I'm not, in fact, I'm for it, if you can do it. We weren't raised in a Christian school, if you can do it, go for it. My kids were raised in a public school, and and I'm not saying that's always going to be the case, that people can send their kids to public school, because that is changing, but I will say it allowed us to come every day to the table and talk to my sons about what it meant to be a compromiser. What does it mean to, uh, to cheat? What does it mean to uh, allow things to enter into your life or even in the locker room where they all played football, laughing at jokes that you shouldn't be laughing at? You know, Again, not being judgy, judgy or being critical, but at the same time, taking uh, advantage of those locker room situations. Uh, so one of the things I talk about in the book is this: uh, I'm in the oil field. And I worked all my summers in the oil field. It's a, it's a rotten location, man. It's tough folks. And at this time, I have a Bible in my pocket. And this guy begins to confront me about my walk with Jesus. And he goes, I bet you look at this. And he pulls out a penthouse magazine. And I said, no, I don't look at that anymore. I look at this. And I, I happen to have this pocket New Testament in my back pocket. I said, I look at this. And I said, obviously, you're holding that magazine. You've never looked at this. He goes well, i do look at i know what that is that's a bible and he goes i'm a christian don't tell me i'm not the guy holding the penthouse magazine said i'm not just a christian i'm a, i'm a deacon in my church i went so you're the one challenging me on looking at pornography and then now you're going to tell me that you're a bible believer no you're a compromiser hmm. right then and there that guy's life was confronted with love with grace but with truth gave his life back to the Lord, and I watched that whole oil field location say, you know what, we want Jesus to be the Lord of our life too. That's what I mean when I say confronting compromise, being ready to give an answer in that moment.
0: Yeah, this is good. This is good. Hey, everybody, we are here, for those of you who maybe have chimed in here, either on Zoom or on the Facebook, speaking with Pastor Joe Champion about his new book, Confronting Compromise. What a, what a timely word and what a relevant word for these t- this time we're living in, for this season that we're living in. I'm going to ask our Avail team if we can put in the chat the link once again. If you are not yet subscribed to the Avail Journal and to the Avail Family, you can get this book for free, plus six months of the Avail Journal for free for those first six months. Um, if you are on the Avail subscription, you can get it at a discounted price by clicking on the link. If my Avail team can put that link in the chat, there it is. Right there, it'll take you right to it. Uh, Pastor Joe has done an incredible job of putting, of pouring out his heart in this book, confronting compromise, which of course includes a study guide. Uh, Pastor Joe, we're kind of winding down here to the final stretch, and as we're doing so, um, uh, and, and before we talk a little bit about how people can stay connected with you, and, and we'll talk a little bit about the Avail Journal coming up, but but just, I guess, I guess, what would you say right now? Uh, Why would you say that this message is important? You know, I I know we've been kind of hitting along, along this whole conversation, but why is this a now message?
1: Well, we're in a battle. I think we're in a war and uh, we're all feeling it spiritually. And uh, with that being said, there's a lot of depression. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear Mm -hmm. for me. I get out of my fear, out of my depression, or out of that potential place emotionally not by being soft on myself, I'll be honest with you. You know, Paul makes this statement, Virgil, you have in Hebrews, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. Mm. Now, when Paul writes that, and I believe Paul is the author of Hebrews, and of course there's some debate, but his thumbprints are all over it. He says, you're, you're not sacri- you, you haven't paid the price yet. You're not bleeding. Like, in other words, there were complainers going on, and they were kind of depressed. And Paul goes, are you bleeding? And they go, no, we're not bleeding. He goes, well, okay, well, then guess what? It could be worse, right? So I, I think that we got to confront the compromise in our own life. I really do believe that a lot of the anxiety, the fear, the worry, the depression, Yes, I do believe in medicine. Yes, I do believe in counseling. Yes, I do believe in all the ways that we need to attack those. But I really also believe if we're not careful, the message of confronting some of that is going by the wayside. And I think that if we're not careful, we're, we're, we're allowing the scriptures to kind of go by the wayside because the wayside says, hey, uh, run away from sin. Confront it. <laughs> Deal with it. Uh, don't pretend that it's not there. Uh, don't, don't act like, you know, uh, you've suffered to the point where you can't go anymore. When you've done all that you can to stand, what does he say in Ephesians stand? Mm. What is he saying? Confront your weakness, confront your, your tiredness. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't give up. And I just think that the church needs a dose of this. I think the church, big C church across the world. Because you know what? This is what most of the world has been living like. We're finally just experiencing some biblical situations in in America for the first time.
0: Mm.
1: And I would say don't give up no matter what. Maybe the last thought is the story around Daniel when he heard that he was supposed to no longer pray in the name of, of the Lord. The Bible says he went upstairs, his windows were still open towards Jerusalem, and he got on his knees as they always did and kept on praying. He did not compromise his prayer life. And we know what the Lord did for him. He delivered him from the den and delivered him from the, li- uh, the mouth of the lions. And God will deliver you if you don't compromise on your communion, your walk with the Lord.
0: So good. So good. I, I want to just take advantage, Pastor. Everything you've been mentioning, I think, is really hitting home with everybody. Um, here, I'm seeing some great comments. Um, Um, Christina is so, she says, I'm really convicted by this and can't wait to get the study started with my husband. Thank you all for what you all do. Uh, I love that. Um, uh, Lewis says the world is hungry and hunting for the authentic, the transparent, transparent, the tested, the testimony. That's it.
1: That's Um, it. Lewis. I want to say something about that. Lewis, in the book of Ezekiel chapter two, the Bible says to Ezekiel, Uh, God says to Ezekiel, whether they listen or not, Ezekiel, is not the issue. Your success is not based on whether people believe in God or not. What is your issue, Ezekiel, is that you have been an accurate testimony of God in a heart, in a life that doesn't compromise. And so I would say to everybody, don't compromise. Make sure that you are being that testimony. So whether they accept Christ or not, whether your family accepts Christ or not, whether Austin gets saved or not, I'm believing they are. But that's not, my real job is only to make sure that they've seen a non compromising Christian.
0: So good. All right. So, yeah, I got to get the music back here. We're coming to the final stretch. Come on, Pastor Joe. Come on, get your groove on, everybody. Hey, this has been so good. I want to just give a shout out to a few people that just helped participate in this. Uh, Thank you, Zulema, for your question. Thank you, Andre. Uh, Thank you, uh, Esaira. I think Esaira Kini, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but thank you so much for being involved and connecting um, here. I want to mention if you can type in the chat, this has been good. Come on. Type in the chat, the nugget you took from today. We're in our final stretch. Our avail team is gonna put the link one more time in the chat. How you can get this book free, it's just a special offer. Click on that link. That's from our avail family to you, to our avail family all over the world. You can share that link with a friend. You can share that link with a with a coworker. You can share that link with somebody at church. You can share that link with your pastor. If you are a pastor, you can share that link with your staff. We really want you to get this book in your hands. It's going to be a great, great resource to add to your library of resources. Um, pastor Joe, how can people stay connected with you? Are you on social media or, or many websites?
1: Yeah, so we have, of course, our Instagram, our Twitter. It's Joe Champion, And then there's JoeChampion.com. And that will give all the info. And then at church, we're celebration.church, celebration.church. And uh, in Georgetown, Texas, in Austin, Texas. So if they type that in, of course, there's celebration up in Jacksonville, my buddy, Stovall. And then there's a celebration down in New Orleans. But we're celebration.church. Instagram, it's TX Celebration, Facebook, TX Celebration. So that would be primarily uh, where they could find me. That's great.
0: Hey, everybody, I want to encourage
1: you to make sure you check it out. And also
0: you see our team putting a link on there. You can check out the masterclass, that masterclass, those 10 videos with pastor Joe, just bringing the book to life. What a great compliment. You can check that out at the link, the book, there's a study companion study guide. There's a masterclass videos. They're going to be, you're going to be so happy. You're going to be so encouraged and so blessed. Hey, pastor Joe, the avail journal, uh, which some people are not yet subscribed to. They can get this for some months for free, just by get, get your book today. Uh, you see that guy, that handsome guy right there. Look at that pastor right there on the avail
1: <laughs> What are your thoughts on the avail journal? Again, this is one of the best books. In fact, I look for the, this magazine every month. Uh, the people that are inside every month are good friends of mine, people I don't know that I've always wanted to meet. And, uh, I will just tell you, it's one of the best resources out there. And, uh, I know my wife has written several articles in here over the last several months. And, uh, I will just tell you what what y'all are putting together in Avail, it's it's second to none. It's awesome. And I sure appreciate and look forward to it. Thank
0: you, sir. Thank you so much. Uh, as you can see, Pastor Joe was on uh, uh, one of our covers of uh, past edition of the Avail Journal. Hey, this is a great resource for you as a leader uh, and also for any leaders you know. You want to send them uh, to get more information in the Avail Journal. You can click on that link, see it, or you can just go to availjournal.com and check out the, the uh, subscription deal that we have gratis. In Spanish, gratis means free for a season. Check out the deals that are there on the website. Pastor Joe, this has been an awesome conversation. Everybody on the chat here has been connected. People in Facebook have been leaning in. Uh, I know in the future, people are going to watch this on the replay for the, the, the podcast replay, and they're going to listen to this. Um, let's, leave, let's leave something on their hearts. What, what, what's one, maybe just a, a final thought? I know there's been a lot of nuggets you've thrown out, but what's one last thing you can leave on all the leaders' hearts?
1: Man, you know what? The scripture I've been chewing on today is Daniel nine twenty five, And it says, even in times of trouble, it's going to be built. And you know what? Whatever God has called you to build or rebuild, it's going to be built even though it's in a crisis, even though it's in a time of trouble. God normally does his greatest work in the worst of times. So no matter how hard it may be, don't wait for it to get easy and then start the job. Start the job and watch the Lord work. I just want to encourage everybody that no matter how bad it may be right now, how how little you may feel like you have. Man, God's big hands get involved with those little hands. And uh it's amazing what he does because he wants all the glory.
0: That's a good word. Uh Pastor Joe, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martine, the whole avail team that's behind the scenes, we just want to tell you we're proud of you, sir. Uh, we honor you. We bless you and your family and all the work that God is doing through you. We're so, we can't wait to see what God's going to do through this book,
1: Confronting Compromise. We just want to tell you, we're so proud of you. I love you. And Virgil, I love what you're doing as well. And of course, I uh, just can't thank God enough for your church, Vertical Church. And uh, I told you at the beginning, I may call my church Horizontal Church, but you, you, you are doing something amazing down there in that Lauderdale area. And uh, it's an honor to know you as well. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast. We hope you've been emboldened by this conversation with Joe Champion. Remember, you can connect with Joe by going to joechampion.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. And if you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit availleadershipconnect.com. As always, I'm your Avail Media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail Podcast.